0: Well, for those of you who were unable to be with us last week, we began a new series that we're going to focus on throughout this Advent season, and it's entitled Making All Things Right. If you didn't get a chance to be here last week, I would invite you to go and watch either the video that's on our St. Mark's TN website or listen to our podcast, which is available. Um, I've heard a lot of feedback about... Um, uh, what a powerful sermon and worship experience that we had here last week. Um, what we've been doing is, I began the sermon last week by saying that if you live long enough, you're going to experience something in life that you just can't change. Something's going to happen to you, and it's just going to be outside your ability to control or change. And and so um, those kinds of things can either make you uh, bitter, or you can seek for them to make you better. And And so, I decided that uh, after a conversation with several of my friends in recovery, uh, that the Christmas story really fits nicely when it's viewed through the lens of the serenity prayer. The serenity prayer was written by an American theologian, Reinhold Niebuhr, back in 1934 for a sermon, Uh, but when uh, recovery groups began to get wind of this prayer, they believed that it essentially summed up everything that they believed about what it meant to be freed from addiction. And so the serenity prayer has become a staple in just about every 12-step group that exists today. And so I'd like for us to look at the Christmas story through that serenity prayer. And last week we looked at Mary. When Mary was visited by the angel and told that she was going to be the mother of the Christ the Messiah, Uh, she accepted what she could not change. And today we're going to look at Joseph in the second part of that uh, where he has the courage to change the things that we can. But I'd like for us to begin by just praying that serenity prayer together. And I'm going to ask them if it's on the screen. Would you join with me and let's pray this prayer together. God. if I surrender to Your will, so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with You forever in the next. Amen. So today we're going to look at Joseph and specifically that part of the serenity prayer, the courage to change the things I can. We don't really know how Joseph found out that Mary was pregnant but I suspect it's when Mary went to visit Elizabeth. Elizabeth was pregnant with John the Baptist, and Mary goes to share the news that she is now pregnant with the Messiah. Elizabeth didn't live too very far from Bethlehem. We believe that Joseph was from Bethlehem, and so maybe Joseph made the journey over to spend time with Mary while she was visiting with Elizabeth. And maybe it's there that she's told by that he's told by Mary that she's pregnant. A pregnancy that began with conception by the Holy Spirit. But there's evidence that Joseph really does not buy the story. Uh, Joseph, if he really believed that she had been con- she had conceived a child by the Holy Spirit, then there would be no need for him to be giving thought about how to get to end the engagement, how to dismiss Mary privately. And so the fact that he is having that consideration, how do I end this, how do I break off this engagement, is evidence that perhaps on some level, Joseph did not believe Mary's story that she was pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. And if he doesn't believe it, and he knows that he's not the Father, then the only thing that Joseph is left to believe is that some way, somehow, Mary has been unfaithful. And so you can imagine, when you hear something that you don't want to hear, when you're told something that, that, that you know is difficult, if not impossible to be true, that you would have all sorts of feelings. I suspect that Joseph was angry. I suspect that he was deflated. I suspect that he was humiliated. I suspect that he was hurt. I suspect that he had all sorts of different emotions. And in that moment, he's just not sure that this relationship can continue. All he's got to do is just simply start telling people that Mary's pregnant and that he's not the father. They're not any more likely to believe that she's carrying a child conceived by the Holy Spirit than Joseph was. And then according to the Old Testament law, she would have been stoned to death. And regardless of what Joseph might have been feeling that day, angry, hurt, humiliated, devastated... We do know that despite all of those feelings that he might have felt, he did not want Mary to die. And so he decided that he was just going to dismiss her quietly. Chances are, as soon as he dismissed her quietly, you know, when you get pregnant at some point, people begin to notice. And when they saw that Mary was pregnant, perhaps they would have thought, you know what? Joseph went to visit Mary when she was visiting Elizabeth. I bet that's when the baby was conceived. And so not only would Mary be subjected to shame and embarrassment, but perhaps Joseph would too. Because people would have assumed that he was the father. And so Joseph's trying to figure out what he's going to do and what he's going to say. And he decides that he's just going to dismiss Mary quietly. Well, Joseph has a dream. And in that dream, an angel visits him. And that angel says, everything that Mary told you is true. Oh, if you'd have the courage to change your mind and take Mary as your wife so that you can be the parents of a Christ. And we're told that Joseph awakes from that dream. And even though he decided to dismiss Mary quietly, he had the courage to change his mind, and he became willing to take Mary as his wife. And he was the earthly father of Jesus. And we don't know a lot more about Joseph. Joseph doesn't show up very many times in the Scripture, and In the times that he does show up, the Scripture never records Joseph ever saying a word. He's the only person in the Christmas narrative that doesn't speak. Mary speaks. Zechariah speaks. Elizabeth speaks. The shepherds speak. The wise men speak. Everybody speaks except Joseph. Maybe... He's not recorded as saying anything in the Scripture. Is because we're left to think that Joseph was just a quiet, humble man who had the courage to change his mind when prompted by God through the angel's voice. I wonder if... Years later, when Jesus was teaching and he said, when you stand up in front of people, don't pray as a public spectacle, but pray in your prayer closet in secret. I wonder if that's a lesson that Jesus learned from his earthly father, Joseph, and the humble, quiet, obedient way that he lived his life. He served selflessly, perhaps with great humility. Well, um, it's really incredible that Joseph would listen to the angel's voice. Because I don't know if Joseph is a lot like you and me, but I find it difficult that once I've made up my mind about something, I'm not really willing to change. And yet Joseph models that beautiful line in the serenity prayer, God, give me the courage to change the things I can. You know, one of the lines that's repeated more than any other line, the command that's repeated more than any other command in the Christmas story is, Do not fear. Do not fear. Whenever an angel shows up, we might be tempted to think that this is a wonderful, heartwarming experience. But every time an angel shows up, what does the angel say first? Don't be afraid. Don't fear. And then the angel begins to share a word from God. Something that God wants the people to do. Something that God wants the people to believe. And the angel told Joseph, take Mary as your wife. And when Joseph awoke from that dream, he had two choices. He could say yes, or he could say no. I want to suggest to you that the road to no, the road to God that takes the form of no, is a road that is marked with fear. When God asks us to do something and we're unwilling to go, that road is marked with fear. But when God asks us to do something and we respond with yes, that road is marked with courage. With courage. You know, a lot of people think that courage is the absence of fear. But I would suggest to you that courage is the willingness to do what God says to do in the presence of fear. It's not the absence of fear. Courage is the willing to do what God asks us or tells us to do in the presence of fear. Now, I only got one question about the story. Um, I'm going to be one of those people, I think, in glory that if there's a Q&A session, i got a lot of them. So, but one of the questions I have is, why did that angel not come to Joseph sooner? Why didn't that angel come to Joseph like before any of this happened? Before Mary had been visited by the angel? Before the Holy Spirit had conceived a child in her womb? Why didn't that angel come to Joseph and say, now Joseph, don't be afraid. But in a few days, Mary's going to be visited by an angel. And that angel is going to break the news to her that she's pregnant. Don't worry, we know it's not yours. It's, it's from the Holy Spirit. And so you just prepare for this. You just, you'd be thinking about this in your mind. you just come to grips with the idea it's going to happen in a few days. But instead, this angel waits until Mary and Joseph both already know that she's pregnant. Presumably, Mary has shared this information with Joseph and Joseph really didn't buy it, which is why he was looking for a way to get out of the whole engagement and marriage. Why did the angel wait until the conception had already happened? Maybe the angel waited because the angel knows that what's true of Joseph is true for every person that has ever walked the face of this earth. And that's that if you live long enough, you're going to experience fear. You're going to experience uncertainty. You're going to experience anxiety. It's as sure as the sun that rises. And God is going to speak through that fear and through that uncertainty and through that anxiety. And we can either refuse to listen to the voice of God or we can listen And do what God wants us to do. We can have fear. Or we can have courage in the presence of fear. Maybe the angel wanted Joseph to be aware of that. That just because you're willing to say yes in this moment. Just because you have the courage to change your mind and take Mary as your wife and raise this Christ child as your own, that doesn't mean that life gets any easier. Because it's not too long after the story that Joseph is visited by an angel that says that King Herod is out to kill your child. And you've got to get out of here fast. And you've got to go to Egypt. Egypt. Can you imagine the fear and the anxiety and the uncertainty that Joseph had in that moment? And I wonder if he prayed a prayer like the serenity prayer Grant me the serenity to accept what I cannot change, but grant me the courage to change the things I can. So I'm willing to go to Egypt. And then when he's in Egypt, an angel visits him again and says, Okay, Herod's gone. Unfortunately, though, someone in in Herod's lineage is now the new boss. And you can go back. But imagine the fear and the uncertainty and the anxiety that Joseph had. And I wonder if he prayed a prayer that said, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. God grant me the courage to change the things I can. And so he went back home. I wonder, for those of us who are gathered here this morning, if we have fears that we've been unwilling to face. I wonder if God has been speaking into our hearts and minds. Telling us something that God would like us to do. Or that God would like for us to believe. But we just couldn't. And we just wouldn't. And what would it mean if beginning today we would pray, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. But give me the courage to change the things I can. Would you join with me and let's pray that serenity prayer together again as we close. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever.